0: Morning, Welcome to Everything Co-op, I'm Vernon Oaks, and this morning, we I have the pleasure of talking to Andrea Barrett, who is from Toronto, Canada. Good morning, Andrea.
1: Good morning, Vernon. Hello, everyone. Hello from Canada.
0: Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to be on with us. You know, this month, we're celebrating Women's History Month, and their theme this year is celebrating women who tell our stories. And you are one of the founders of Banker Ladies Council. And so I'm wanting you to tell the stories of Banker Ladies today. And what what is this Banker Ladies Council?
1: Absolutely. I love the theme of telling our stories because nobody should be telling them besides ourselves. That's right. So the Banker Ladies Council came together under the leadership and uh, formation of Dr. Caroline Shanaz Hussain, who I think you are familiar with. She's one of the professors at the University of Toronto, who we are very of. She's doing a lot of work. She coined the term black social economy. So the Black Banker Ladies, we came together. We're a membership of about 10 to 12 women, all from the GTA, so from the greater Toronto area. We have come together with a common goal to advance RASCAs, to educate uh, the broader Canadian society on what cooperativism, mutual aid and what uh, RASCAs are. So that's how we, we came together.
0: Okay, so she has been on the show, Doctor Carolyn Hussan. But um and she's told us what Roscas are. So but since you've mentioned them, maybe perhaps there's some people out here that don't know. What is a ROSCA?
1: ROSCAS are what we're calling a global phenomenon. So Roscas are an acronym. It stands for rotating savings and credit. Association. If you are from the islands or from the continent of Africa, you probably never heard the term rosca. You call it something else. So I grew up in a, a Jamaican household. My parents are from Jamaica, so a Caribbean West Indian family. Never heard the term rosca. Heard the term parda. I know in other countries it's called susu or osusu. It's called hagbad in some other countries in India. It's called chit. In Guyana, they call it box hand. Uh, in South Africa, they call it stock fell. So rosca is what I'm calling the academic term, rotating savings and credit association. But people from the islands, people from the continent, people from India, different parts of the world, they call it, they use their own vernacular and they call it, they call it their own thing. So Jamaicans, any Jamaicans listening, I'm talking about a partner, your partner hand and your partner draw.
0: And how you spell Is that P-A-R-T-N-E-R, like a partner? Is that what you're saying? It
1: depends. I've seen it a couple ways. So you hear it. It sounds like Pardna, P-A-R-D-N-A. Sometimes it's written like that. Sometimes you'll see it as partner, P-A-R-T-N-E-R. So it depends on where you're reading it. If you're reading a, a Caribbean newspaper or a blog post, they're probably going to call it Pardna. But if you're reading it more in academic terms or in journals, it may be called partner.
0: Okay. So your family is from Jamaica, mm-hmm. okay, and they did these roscas in Jamaica, and they brought this mm-hmm. with them to Canada.
1: Yes, my family brought it with with them, and I imagine a lot of other Caribbean families brought it too. So, in conversation with people, when I'm I bumping into them, I say, "Do you know what a I I say? Do you know what a rosca is?" And they look at me like, no, I don't know what a rosca is. So it's like, did you, were you ever in a partner or did your mom do a partner? Oh yeah, I know a partner. Which Jamaican hasn't been in a partner. Or, you know, oh my, it, Guyanese people, um, women, when I encounter them, is yeah, same question. Do you know what a rosca is? They look at me and I'm like, no, don't know rosca. You know box hand? Oh yeah, I know box hand. They used to follow my grandmother when she went to go collect money. So people are familiar with it. So what I love is that This is what our grandparents were doing, our great-grandparents were doing back home to sustain themselves and their families and their community and their businesses when their children or grandchildren came to other countries through immigration. They brought these traditions and cultures and values with them because this is what they know to be a way to save money uh, and it's their way of of banking.
0: So save money. Okay, let's how does this thing work? How does this Roscoe work? Okay, All right. tell me.
1: So when I was younger, this is how I saw it. And then as I grew up and started participating, basically this, how, this is how it works. So there could be a group of 10 women who get together, who want to create their own, they want to do a partner, their own informal cooperative, their own informal sorts of banking. Let's say everyone puts in a hundred dollars. So you have 10 women putting in a hundred dollars, that's a thousand dollars. 10 women means it will be 10 months. So every month, someone's going to get a draw. They're going to get their partner draw or their Rosca pot that month. So let's say it's you, me, Vernon, Vernon, Andrea, and eight other people. So let's say I get the first hand. So we meet, uh, we say on the first of the month, everyone send in your money or everyone comes to Andrea's house on the first of every month to drop off your $100. And then on the third of the month, Whoever gets the hand will be collecting it on that day. So ten people, one hundred dollars, coming together collectively, pooling their money so they can support each other. And then every month you keep supporting the rosca by putting in your hundred dollars. But everybody gets a turn. I get month one. Vernon gets month two. You, um, Susie gets month three. Velma gets month four. So on and so forth until everyone has, who's put money in, has received their. Their draw
0: of $1,000. Okay. So using your example, well, first off, you said 10 ladies, and then you put me in there. I am not a lady, so I don't know how I got in it. But okay, I'm in it. Okay. It. I'm being I'm
1: inclusive.
0: Cool. <laughs> <laughs> being inclusive. Okay. But you got, I got my second draw. So let's say this thing started in January. Ten folks, we came together on the first, and we put in $100. You got the first draw. So uh-huh. you get a, you put in 100 you got a 1000 Mm -hmm. The second month comes along, I have put in 200, I get a thousand out. Mm
1: -hmm. What
0: keeps me from paying the next eight months? I got a thousand. I'm ahead of the game by $800.
1: Mm, Good question. I love this question. Rosca's are built on trust, trust and reciprocity and taking care of each other. So imagine back home, it started as a community and a way to support and help one another. First of all, to be in someone's rosca or partner, you, you can't just be anybody off the street. Roscas are built on trust. The banker lady or banker gentleman has to know you and let you into the rosca. So if I can imagine back home, people will know, oh, it's Vernon. Vernon's grandmother lives down the street. They shop at Vernon's grandmother's place. They take care of Vernon's grandmother. They, they, you're part of the community. Everyone is a part of the community. You may even be related to the other people in the Rosca. Typically, you have something in common. It could be language, it could be family. Uh, my aunt used to run uh, a partner and like my other aunts and uncles and mom and cousins and friends from work were in it. Roscas are built on trust and the people that are in your group are people
0: that you know andrew i don't trust you okay i gotta tell you i just don't trust you what keeps me from just putting a hundred dollars down over 10 months and at the end of the 10 months i got my thousand dollars why would i want to put in yeah at the end of the 10 months by me putting a hundred dollars in starting january come october 10 months pass, i got a thousand dollars and i have to worry about this trust thing i got my money
1: You've seen us every month, we've had food together, we've supported each other, we've been to each other's family celebrations or, or funerals. It's, it's, you wouldn't do this to the people in your Alaska. $1,000. We are here to support you. We've given you money, we've given you our money so that you could go do what you had to do until it was your time. A bank wasn't supporting you, no other organization was supporting you. We are your people, we are your informal bank, we are all moving towards the same goal. You wouldn't do that. Too much no. burden. And can I say I've been in, in partners and I've my family has been doing this for years. I've never heard of a negative situation. Never. Never heard of anything happening. Of course, I'm sure there have been incidences, but personally I've never heard of anything negative happening. This is what community is doing to support each other. I wanna help you, you wanna help me. We're not gonna do anything that will harm each other.
0: So now, if we get together every month or the first and we put in our money, do we share food? Is there a conversation? Is there some sense of socialization of the group of 10 people that causes mm-hmm. people to want to get together to put the money in, also? Something else that happens? Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. And this is another reason why there are very few defaults because we know each other. I know your people, you know my people. We've had meals together. So usually when you're dropping off your money, you're going to someone's home. Everyone is there gathered together. You're eating food. You're laughing. You're celebrating. You're, you're comforting, you know, if, if that's what needs to happen. But you become acquainted. And and money money brings people together. You become acquainted. You're eating food. Um, and it's, it's just a, a nice social activity. And it's this social connection. Sometimes you know, we take this for granted. Not everybody has a strong social network. You know, being in a partner or a roster may be the only time you're really getting the opportunity to get close to someone or speak to someone or have someone take the time to look into your eyes and listen to you and check up on you. It's almost like a well-being check. How are you doing? How was the last month? How are the kids? When you're working on this business, you're using your partner to uh, buy inventory to get your business off the ground or to help you import more material or do whatever it is you need to do. So we, as uh, ROSCA members, are an extension maybe of your business or an extension of your family. We're there to support. But food, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: I want to come for the food if nothing else. Okay. Okay. All right. So every month we come together. How is it decided that you got the first one and I got the second draw? How, how is that decided is there something at the beginning oh and i want to talk about you said that there's a banker lady that somebody that's sort of in charge uh, that you give the money to to come to andrew's house every month and Andrea takes the money how is that decided who that person is and your aunt was doing it at one point okay how is it decided who that person is and how is the draw decided
1: Good question. So how is it decided? So the banker ladies uh, take it upon themselves to start a partner. So if it was something that started back home and they're coming up here now, whoever, whoever comes up with the idea and says, Hey, I want to start a partner. So my aunt's, my aunt's name is Sandra. She works in long-term care and there are a tremendous amount of people of color, black women who are working as PSWs or, or registered nurses or registered nurses aides. So they have things in common. They remember what they were doing back home or when they first came to this country. So my aunt Sandra, who's been in a partner, decided to start one. So she just organized it within her long-term care facility, and she became the banker. As the banker lady, you're in charge. So you can say and 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 help people figure out when they're getting their draw so simone comes to you and says you know can i have the i really need the month of april uh, if no one else has picked it you get the month of april so when the partner starts she'll say okay i'm starting a partner next month partner starts in april who's in she figures out who's in they let her know what month they want and it goes from there it can be first come first serve or based on trust if you're new to her partner you're not getting the first draw. You're not getting the second draw. You're probably going to get the last draw the tenth because draw. that is the built in insurance to make sure that you new person are going to stick around. We're going to show you how this works and minimize our risk of default.
0: So let's say i I'm scheduled for the eighth draw, but on the second month, I, um, I have a, a, a emergency. Okay. Doctors bill something. I have some emergency. The question is, could my then be changed? Could that be negotiated where, where it's changed, where I'm not the eighth month anymore, I get the second month? And let me, before you answer so that it? one, oh, oh. before you answer that one, we're going to take our first break. Okay. And for everybody out there, we're talking to Andrea Barnett, who is in the greater Toronto area. She is from Jamaican Heritage. And we're going to come back and talk more about Rosca's that's working together with trust. We'll be right back. Please don't touch that dial. L A M, where information is power. Welcome back. The program is Everything Co-op. I'm Varna Oaks, and our guest is Andrea Barrett. And Andrea helped found the Bankers' Ladies' Council uh, in the greater Toronto area. And her mentor is Dr. Carolyn Hussain, who is the Canadian Research Chair in the Africana Department. So we were talking about and very excited about getting together and eating and bringing money and saving monies (laughs) and working together. I like the eating part probably as much as anything else, particularly Jamaican food. And we have several Jamaican food, Jamaican restaurants in the D.C. area, and so I frequent them. Let me ask you, how did you get into this?
1: Good question. So I think I kind of just stumbled upon it. So I work with a lot of small business owners, a lot of entrepreneurs, particularly black business owners. So this is something that is just what some black business owners do. And in some of the workshops we were running, I came across and was introduced to the work that Dr. Caroline Hussain is doing about banker ladies. And again, when I found out, and she has a great film out there called The Banker Ladies, I, I thought, oh, this is, this, I know what this is. She's talking about a partner. This is what we do. But she called it a rosca which is its academic term. So it just uh, it just makes sense. Uh, so I connected with her and then learned more about her work, read some of her papers and she has a great book out. Then I heard from her that she was putting a group together. She wanted to form the Banker Ladies' Council. I said, sign me up, I'll be there. Whatever we can do to help women in need or even men in need, because typically Ross does are what marginalized women use. It's you know very popular in other countries. It's an informal way of banking. It's, it's a cooperative, and it's what people are doing to help each other. So I'm familiar with this. I see the benefits myself, and if we can educate and encourage more people to participate in this form of banking, I think it will just level everybody up. It will help our community, our society. It'll help business owners. It's, it just makes sense to me.
0: Okay. And I forgot I wanted to answer this question before we go any further. I'm scheduled to be the eighth draw. I have an emergency. Mm -hmm. I come in. It's the second month. i come and tell the group when we get together on that first of the month and we're sitting around eating uh, chicken patties, Um, can I get the second draw because I have this emergency? What would happen in that instance? You
1: know, that's a really good question. Every Rosca operates differently. But I can say for the ones that I've been a part of, if there was an emergency and these things have happened, we've had uh, loss of life. People needed to go and bury their their dead or there's been car accidents. Things have happened. So then you connect with the banker. So you would go to, if it was my aunt, you would go to Sandra and say, you know, Sandra, something's happened. My my grandfather's passed away. I need to fly back home to Trinidad or Guyana. Can I switch my draw with somebody else? That is why it's important to have a good relationship with your Rosca and a great relationship with your banker because they're the ones who can say okay if there were like if she was running it and it was my draw and I knew this I'd be burning it's okay I understand let's switch so it all depends on the the members of the group and the banker but again because this is an informal group social it's uh informal banking where People matter, relationships matter, stories matter, and our relationship to each other is really important. We, you can have that conversation. Yeah. If you were getting this money from I know, a financial institution, you can't call up your banker and say, my car broke down, or there's been a death in the family, I need to fly back home. Can I skip a, um, um, a payment? Can you you know, fast track a loan to me? It's, that's not gonna happen. It's, it's community that helps and takes care of each other.
0: So, you know, it sounds like you all are using the values of cooperation Mm -hmm. and those values are self-help, self-responsibility, democracy, equality, equity, and solidarity. This whole solidarity is you've been talking about that the whole time. It's what's best for the group and how the group works. But the, the, uh, Founders of Cooperation also believe in the ethical values of honesty, openness, social responsibility, and caring for others. And this seems like this whole process is caring for each other and both having a way of socializing where you can uh, come together and break bread and talk. But whenever it's an issue, you can come and talk and, and get support from the group.
1: Absolutely. We believe in self-help. We believe in community and self-reliance. We've heard people say it's not always about a handout. People don't always need a, a handout. People need help and support. Give them what, the space and room to do what they need to do so they can t- take care of each other. And this is what, it, this is what being in a ROSCA or a partner can do. So I absolutely agree. There are some elements to a cooperative Mutual aid and, and community, self-reliance, self-determination, working together is what we're about.
0: Fantastic. And I hear it's mainly women. Do you, you have men in the Roscas too, or is it only women?
1: There are men in Roscas, but typically it's, it's women. And typically it's women from Africa, from the Caribbean, the West Indies, India, Typically it's it's women you find in those groups. But there are some men. In the research I've come across by Dr. Hussein, there are taxi drivers in the US and here I think it's I think it's maybe New York and Toronto, Ethiopian taxi drivers who put their money together. So imagine you need to pay for your taxi license, you want to buy another taxi, you need to repair your taxi, you're coming together and, and helping each other out.
0: Fantastic, fantastic. Okay. So, do you do this full time? Is this your main work? You seem to be passionate about it, but so is this your? Is this what you do full time?
1: No, it's not what I do full time. I'm a volunteer. We're all we're all community members, community advocates. I won't even call us volunteers. We're community advocates. Uh, so, the Banker Ladies Council is a group of women from different parts of the city, different uh, religions, ethnic backgrounds, who are in a Rosca who believe that we want to help our brothers and sisters who are currently in Rosca's mobilize, amp up, and empower them. We need to help with changing some policies we have here with law enforcement or or with government in respect to Rosca's. We, we believe and have seen the success that this informal group of banking has for us personally that we want to create a ripple effect. We want to spread this message to other parts of the community.
0: So what do you do full-time if this is what you do on the side, what do you do full-time? What's your full-time work?
1: Full-time, I I run a speaker's group. it's called the Diversity Agency. And then I also help small business owners with sales and marketing. So I come from um, a background where I've had uh, years of experience working in industry and in a sales sales and marketing capacity. And when I've been working with small entrepreneurs, small businesses, particularly small black business owners, I want to level up the playing field and get everyone as successful as possible, as quick as possible. So helping them leveraging, I asked them to leverage me, use me, let me see how I can help you in terms of sales, let me see how I can help you in terms of marketing. I believe in the power of our incredible community and I really just want to uplift us all. A door has been opened for me, I want to make sure everyone knows what I know or has the opportunity that I have so they can go and be as successful as possible.
0: Fantastic, fantastic. Do you do any work on this side? I could use your help too. Okay. <laughs> you come, you come sure. over to the U.S. I'll come visit. <laughs> what about formal education? Do you have um, what kind of formal education do you have?
1: So I went to school here in Ontario. So I studied hospitality and commerce. So the original plan is that I wanted to own a restaurant and a nightclub. And because I come from a family of healthcare workers, I wanted to own a, a nursing home. I feel like my grandmother was my favorite person in the entire world. And I I see that our seniors are in need of some help and support and some better infrastructure. So when I, I went to school and studied hospitality, those were the things, I wanted to run a nightclub, I wanted a restaurant, and then I wanted to create a long-term facility. So I uh, didn't do any of those three. I worked in restaurants for a long time, really enjoyed the hospitality industry. And then I moved into nutrition. So um, professionally, I'm a nutritionist, so I work with people with type 2 diabetes. Again, because of my grandmother, she had type 2 diabetes. And I and, did. and I have type oh, 2 diabetes. And, many and my mother had do. type
0: 1, and my brother and sisters type two diabetes. So it's in our family, huge. Mm -hmm. Okay.
1: Many people do. And I just want people to know they can live happy, healthy, fruitful, productive lives. And you just need to manage your blood sugar. So I teach people how to lower their blood sugar and, you know, the factors that affect it. There's some um, lifestyle changes that need to be made and just making small tweaks to your, to your diet to keep you balanced. So that's what I do. I wear a few hats. So, people with diabetes, they're very near and dear to me. And then uh, sales and marketing and running the Speakers
0: Bureau. Okay. And I wanted to have a restaurant and a nightclub. I still think about that <laughs> nightclub and dancing. Okay. Yeah. That's still sort of on my list. But, great. Um,
1: Maybe we can team up.
0: Okay. I've been to Toronto. A matter of fact, I saw Ray Charles in Toronto. Uh, Oh, that was, of course, some time ago. But that was that was one of my best nights. It was at a dinner club and I was in the balcony overlooking him on the piano. It's phenomenal. Uh But home health care is another area now that I'm interested in. Uh And we're going to take our next break. And what I would like when we come back, I would like for you to give us some examples of Roscoe's. I know you told me you're in one. Uh, and so I'd like for you to talk about that one and any other ones that you want to give us that examples of how they work. We'll be right back. Everybody, please don't touch that dial. power. Welcome back. Uh, My name is Vernon Oaks and the program is Everything Cooperative. And our guest is Andrea Barrett and she's with the Banker Ladies Council in Toronto, Canada. And so Andrea, uh, when we come back, I wanted you to give examples of Uh, Roscos. So let's talk about the one you're in. Uh, Who's the banker lady who's sort of in charge? And how did it get started, and how does it function?
1: Okay, so the one that I'm in, my aunt's in charge because she likes to be in charge. <laughs> my mom's younger sister, Sandra. So this is the same, yes, yeah, Sandra. So okay. this is the same aunt who works in long-term care. So uh, she runs it, and she collects a um, hundred dollars every week. So
0: every um, week,
1: every week. So they different. So you can either okay. run them monthly, or you can run them every week. Okay. So it's a hundred dollars every week. And I think there are about 20 people in this roster. And so when it first started, uh, this one started uh, the first week of January, she will ask you, okay, when do you want your draw? And so I wasn't, I'm not particularly fussy about when I get it. I don't, I'm not saving up for anything in particular. I just like the idea of of getting a lump sum and either applying that to a credit card or applying that to an investment or uh, applying that to a business or using that to help or fund someone. So our group is uh, mainly women. I think there's one man in it, and it's predominantly people that are either related to us or in the nursing home that she works in. I'll give you another example. So my sister, so again, grew up with partners. Wait wait, a minute. This
0: is is the So I just want to make sure I get clarity on this one. You're going to another one? Let's talk about this one. I want to get. Okay. So there are 20 people, and you do once a week. So that's uh, on average four and a third weeks in a month. Twenty people putting in a hundred dollars every wow. week. So that's like four hundred and thirty three dollars per month each person puts in times twenty people, zero, six, six. That's eight thousand six hundred and sixty dollars collected each month each, each month.
1: Yes, each month. That's right. So the way you can break it down is you can do so I like to do it weekly, so it's a hundred we do a hundred dollars a week. We don't yeah. count the the odd weeks. Yeah. But you can do four hundred you can think of it as four hundred dollars a month or $100 a week. And then it's it's collected. So she collects most of it in person. She'll come to your house. She'll talk to you. You'll catch up and you give her your $400 or your $100. Or those who are on vacation or out of the country or for whatever reason can't physically meet with her will send her uh, an e-transfer. So electronically send her funds. And then when it's When it's your turn to collect, so I'm going to get a hand at the, I get the second last hand just because I'm not in a rush. Then she will meet with you, and she will uh, open up her bag (laughs) and count out the money, and then that is your draw. Or she will send it to you electronically. But usually, she comes to you in person and will give you the money.
0: Now, do you know how much you will get when you get your hand? You call it, you get a hand. No, I I was calling it a draw. So you get a hand.
1: How much would you get? It's going to be $8,000.
0: Okay. Does she Which get any?
1: Sounds, it sounds like a lot.
0: No, it is a lot. I mean, but because- it may not be a lot for you, but it a lot for me. It,
1: okay. No, it is. Exactly. It is a lot. So imagine simply saving away. You're tucking away $100 every week. will net you $8,000. So if you get the first draw and you, you know, you're doing your $100 a week and you get $8,000, to me... That is just a sigh of relief. If you are paying down your credit cards, there's lots of interest there. You are now able to make a lump sum payment. If you're saving for a home, you are now able to put down a deposit. Some of the deposit structures for homes here is five thousand. Um, first installment five thousand. Thirty days later, you need to make another five thousand. As a, a a couple or a single person, it's hard to go and make a lump sum payment like that. But if you are working together in community, in Orozco, you can now take this money and do what you have to do. When I was younger, my parents, my parents, my mom, my dad just goes with what my mom does. Oh, these partner hands is what paid for furniture. It's what paid for the home. It's what sent kids to post-secondary education. I feel like it's such a powerful technique or tool or vehicle that will help people. My sister, I saw her in a partner as well. My sister's also a nurse. So I mentioned I'm surrounded by people uh, in health yeah. My sister's a registered nurse. She also works in long-term care. And I saw her pay down her mortgage. I saw her buy her house. And I saw her make lump sum uh, extra payments on her mortgage every single year. While other people around her were, you know, just paying their mortgage payments. Yeah. She would make that extra payment. And now... Now we all look at her and say, uh-huh, mm-hmm. we see it, good for you. So she used this traditional way of banking, this informal style of banking that came from the Caribbean or from Africa to better herself. There, she's paying way less interest compared to some of her peers, and now she's just in. She's sitting comfortably. She's in a very good position.
0: So I think, I, I don't remember the math, but um, if you pay... An extra year on your mortgage, you reduce your mortgage by, se- if you pay an extra month, you pay 13 months worth over a year, you would reduce your mortgage by seven years because of you reducing that interest. Um, uh-huh. But some numbers like that. So if she's paying extra, you can really reduce the payment. On a 30 year mortgage, by making a 13th month every year, you reduce it by seven years. That's, it's a phenomenal the math that works in there. So yeah, that's I, what
1: I love. That's yeah. what I love. Like I think about the power of this. So it's your money and it's it's a form of savings. It's your money and it's savings. You can do anything you want with it. You can go on vacation, you can go on a shopping spree, you can buy yourself a new car. Or you can pool this money together with business owners and you can help buy a franchise. You can help buy a second location. You can help build a nursing home. Or you can Amp up your financial literacy game, and you can pay down your mortgage. You can, you can invest. You can buy. Andrea, uh,
0: Andrea, we're just getting ready to start a restaurant and a nightclub. Okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> one, one, in D.C. and one in Toronto. Okay. So the biggest, one of the biggest problems for Africans, uh, people in the diaspora, African, and throughout the, I start to say African Americans. But in, in the U.S., the average white family, before the pandemic, uh, the average white family had financial wealth of $171,000. And the average black family had $17,000 worth of wealth. So it was 10 times more. I think it would be much worse now because we lost so much in, in, in our communities through the pandemic. And then I have people on here, the, the farmers, saying that the Department of Agriculture would not loan black farmers money during droughts, but they would with white farmers and blah, blah, blah. So it's just been a lot of ways that we have not been able to create wealth. And our community, the white-driven racist community, has done things so we couldn't get wealth. And whenever we got wealth, like Tulsa, I don't know what it's been like in Canada, but like Tulsa, Oklahoma, white folks would come in bombas and take it. So, wealth gap is huge. So, here's a a system for saving money to get the capital needed for whatever. And I I personally don't like taking capital for cars and vacations and new clothes and things like that because they all depreciate really really quick. Vacations depreciate right away. But investing that into Paying down your mortgage, that's phenomenal, and I compliment your sister on that. Invested in starting a business so you can get into something that appreciates in value so that we can create wealth and health. I've had programs on that talks about this whole health field where people in the African diaspora don't have the money to go to health care and get the health care but also live in environments that are unhealthy, toxic perhaps. So your family's in healthcare, you have the idea of uh, these business and you're in healthcare in terms of nutrition. Tell us about another example of a Rasta.
1: Sure, I'll give you another. So my partner is in a Rasta and they have come together and this one is predominantly men. And now they're- This one is wet in men?
0: Real-
1: yeah, predominantly men. And they're oh. investing in real estate. So imagine, and I like, this is what excites me. I just, anything that moves us forward, you're putting your money together a little bit at a time because you can't, you can't individually go buy that unit or buy that property. But coming together, a group of men are investing and putting their money and buying and property. So right now, uh, real estate is incredibly expensive in Canada, specifically in Toronto. It's uh, an average home, it's about a, close to a million dollars. So when you come together and you're pooling your resources, then you can buy a unit and then you become a landlord and it's all legally set up with the accountant and lawyers to make sure everything is properly documented, that everyone has an ownership. But now you are an investor. You're, you're in real estate. That is the power of this. So little, you know, individually, everyone has their, you know, their little hundred dollars, but when you put all these little hundred dollars together, you can do something great. So they're into real estate. My, Dream. Wait, wait. I don't, thinking, don't
0: don't go off that one yet. I'm going to come back to your dream, but I, yes. it's phenomenal and exciting to me that a group of people, in this case men, would come together and pool their pennies so that they can come up with dollars and maybe thousands of dollars, and then invest that into something. That's what I was saying earlier: investing in something that appreciates. And real estate has appreciated tremendously in my lifetime. And I have some real estate in DC because that's a place and you, and you want this passive income. You want to be able to, when I sleep, I'm making money. Uh, it's not yes. just totally on your labor. And that's what most of us can only, we can only trade on our labor. So it's how do you get that? That, that, that example is just fascinating. Thank you for sharing that one. And I your, got
1: one more. <laughs> okay.
0: Now I just, I want to compliment your partner. And compliment you for having a partner that's doing that, because that all is creating wealth for your family, and and okay, and you all can have great conversations around the dinner table too about these different Mm -hmm. things that you're doing. Phenomenal. Okay, let's go. Uh, Your dream, though, I have to cut you off with your dream.
1: My dream. So my dream is we need more black-owned grocery stores. I am passionate. I have a heart for black-owned businesses. I see it as a way to wealth and in independence, and we just need more of them. So anything I can do to help people start one or get one or inspire them to do one. We need more black owned grocery stores here. And we have some, there's Caribbean food, there is a food from Africa that currently is being sold in stores that is not run by people from the Caribbean or people from the continent of Africa. I think we need to inspire and encourage and help to finance more people from the west indies and from the continent to start and run these businesses at times what holds them back is the finances they're brilliant they have the drive they have the ideas they have the creativity but it's it's simply lack of money they've been to a bank they've been denied they personally don't have all the money if we put these people together other business owners together and create these these co-ops we can then have our own black run grocery stores, black owned grocery stores so that we can be selling the foods that we are eating. The same thing happens here at beauty supply stores. So here in Toronto, when you go to a, a beauty supply store, the predominant demographic are black women. Like thousands of dollars are being spent in these stores by black women. Yep. These stores are not owned by black people or black women. So I want I want to help people from our community, start black beauty supply stores, start black owned grocery stores. Cause that's what we eat and we get our hair done. So I just, I, if we had more of this money in our community and we ran these businesses, that's how you create generational wealth. That's what we need. And if anybody listening to this wants to do this, reach out to me because I, I want to help. If we get enough people together, like you said, it's just taking a little bit, putting it together collectively, then we have a lot. Then we can start to do our own things. We can finance our own projects. To, we can build our own hotels. We're going, to take our, our, we're
0: going to take our final break and come back and talk about that one. That's what we're going to come back and talk about. We'll be right back. News Talk, 1450, WOLAM, where information is power. Okay. Welcome back, everybody. This is Vernon Oaks, and we're talking to Andrea Andrea Barrett. Andrea, this hour goes by so quickly. There's so many things I want to talk to you about. Before the break, you were giving us examples of starting what I call food co-ops. You were just in food stores, but food co-ops, where people pool their money together and so forth. But before we end up talking about that or home health care worker co-ops, Um, beauty supply co-ops. Tell us, you had a third example of a Rosca, did you? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, tell us about that
1: one. So uh, I wanted to start an organization that helps black female uh, founders. So black women who started businesses who were having trouble accessing financing. Uh, So we hear stories all the time about people who were denied loans at the banks um, or just they don't have the money. They're brilliant. They have the idea Uh, Maybe their business is already running, but they just can't do it. So coming together, bringing people together to be in a partner, to take that hand and lend it out to entrepreneurs, that will help. And sometimes they need a little bit of money. They need a $1,000. They need to make T-shirts. There's a festival coming up. Or they need $5,000. They need to get enough food because they're serving food at a... uh, at a food festival. So little bits of money. We call these uh, like the micro-businesses.
0: Okay, so, so there let, let, let me make sure I understand what, something. Okay. So you wanted to start a rosca of, let's say, 10 people and putting in $100, but every time there's a hand that goes out, it goes to a business owner as a loan. Is that, the, yes. is that it? Do I have it? That's right. So I that's could be right. a member of that.
1: Yes, that's right. Because we... We, it, it's our money, like it's my money and like the other nine people were, but we are not using it for our own purposes. We're collecting this money so we can ah, lend it love out. Love it,
0: love it, lend love it
1: out. Because we see these women, and, and I say particularly black women because they are the most underfunded. The, the, the venture capitals ignore capitalists ignore them. They just have a harder time. And typically, black entrepreneurs have had a harder time getting financing for their businesses. So we see these people every day, all the time. They just need a little help. So putting this group together so we can lend out money. And I know there, one of my colleagues who's also a banker lady, she does this in her community and they have funded two women who have snacks. So I believe they're from Nigeria. These women needed help. They couldn't get financing, but they needed help. So they use this partner money. They lent it out to these business owners who are repaying the loan back. And now they have packaging and now they're getting their products in stores. And I, I look at that, and I, and I say, like, that's all it took. So they were denied at all sorts of places, but their own people came together and said, okay, let's put our money together. We'll lend it to you so you can go do your manufacturing, go sell your products, get them listed in these grocery stores, and then start paying us back the loan.
0: So they sell because snacks. That- you said snacks. Yeah. They sell snacks. food, and they had to package yeah. the foods and have all of the money to, to do this packaging mm-hmm. and stuff and then get it into the stores. And so they were able to get the money, the invested, the investment, the capital they needed from their neighbors, from the people in the community. That's right. Phenomenal. Wonderful lady. Isn't that
1: beautiful? Like just because you're denied elsewhere doesn't mean your own community can't come together to rally around you and help you. And then when you're successful, you then help the next person or you then join the Rosca and you put money in, maybe even more money so that we can help. This is how we help and grow black entrepreneurship in the country, in the world, and this is how we become more uh, homeowners and we own more commercial property and we just become more self-reliant and successful.
0: So let me quickly talk about the four types of co-ops, the four sectors. So if a business is, is owned by the employees owned and controlled by the employees is called a worker co-op so any of these businesses you've talked about could be a worker co-op it could be a food co-op could be a worker co-op it could be that home health care could be a worker co-op any business that you can think of uh but if it's owned and controlled by the persons that uses the products or service then it's a consumer co-op housing co-ops are consumer co-ops credit unions are and most food co-ops are owned by the people that shop there and they're consumer co-ops. Okay, those are two types. Uh the other two types are if the if a group of people or businesses come together to purchase products that they need for their business or their services, they come together so they can buy in larger volume and that business become an expert in what they need to purchase is called a purchasing co-op and farmers use that artists use it uh, right now. There are some standalone uh, purchasing uh, co-ops that help in, in, in one in DC that helps churches and, and uh, schools. So another group of people or business come together to market their products or services to get to more markets at a better price and they're called either marketing co-ops or producer co-ops. Farmers uh, have uh, created Cabot Creamery, Lando Lakes, Ocean Spray. And uh, Andrea, there's a group of black women artists in Pittsburgh, uh, Pennsylvania, in the U.S., called, and they created an Ujama. They have a storefront where they create their necklaces, their their jewelry, their paintings, uh, their their clothing, and they have a storefront that can sell it. Even individual artists could not afford a storefront, but working together they could. So all of the businesses you're talking about, uh, whether it's taxi businesses or home health care, the largest worker co-op in the U.S. is a home health care out of New York. It's got 1,500 home health care. My sister had a stroke. It's hard to get great home health care workers. And the, the co-op is a way of doing that. And I could even see nutritional companies being uh, either consumer or worker co-ops. So for me, it's, for this co-op could, it could be an answer for all of the kinds of things that you've been talking about um, in Toronto or New York or D.C. or California or Vancouver any, any country. And back in Jamaica too now, lady. <laughs>
1: yeah, I agree. Um, and I, I think like this is not difficult or expensive or requires a lot of extra anything. It's just uh, coming together as a group and, and working together, like the solidarity. We, we can do this.
0: Well, I would say what it takes in the heartbeat of a co-op is training. Is education is information. Mm-hmm. That's what it takes for people to really yes. get in there and learn and work together. Also, how do how do you re- resolve conflict because it's going to happen? Uh, yeah, I- that's
1: right. And and you know, speaking of that, that's what Doctor Hussein wants to do. So, the Banker Ladies Council. Our next step is we want to create the Rosca Federation. So, create a, a national organization right across the country that will um, empower, educate and advocate for women and people who are in Roskitts. She mentions that, uh, and we've seen this, it's hidden. Growing up, I thought this was illegal. I didn't, like, you don't tell anybody you're getting your partner hand because it's something that you don't know that other people know. You think, oh, only your own family does this. But now, learning about her research and connecting with other people, especially in the Banker Ladies' Council, different languages and religions, and they call it something different. They're like, whoa, you guys do this too? There are millions of dollars circulating across the country in these roscas, and people she mentions have been harmed when they go to the bank sometimes they have a hard time people look at them funny and they're suspicious where did you get this money how does how does this work it's gotta What's be something on?
0: illegal that you've gotten this yes. big eight thousand dollars where'd you get eight thousand dollars
1: exactly exactly so people are being asked questions so we want to make sure we can create a space where we can educate people we can empower them We can take them. So you get your $8,000. What are you going to do with it? Maybe you need to invest it. You need advice and guidance on uh, different uh, mutual funds or or sources where you can invest and and get a return on investment. We really want to uplift our community and educate them, motivate them, and, and be the voice for them. So this is something that we don't have here in Canada now. It's sort of like in different pockets, but as we're learning more and more, there are many women... Uh, and men participating, we want to come together as a group and be able to move as one group and, and speak with one voice.
0: So I would find it interesting if you could take a rosca, let's say the rosca that Sandra, your aunt has, yeah. and 20 people, and say, let's start a credit union. Oh. We, we take this. We speaking
1: take my language. We, we, we take language.
0: this hand. Your hand of eight thousand, and all these twenty hands, and maybe everybody couldn't do it because they have a need or an emergency, but if you had twenty times eight thousand, twenty times eight thousand. Wait a minute, I'm getting my zeros mixed up. That's one hundred and sixty thousand dollars. Yes, your zeros are correct.
1: Um, okay. Right, and so what do, we do what you do with that money? What can she do with that money? That's a uh, commercial property. That's letting the next generation of, of medical technicians, beauty shop owners, uh, health care professionals, you can start um, a trade school, a trade school. We need more trades in this country. You can buy commercial property and rent it out to whoever wants to rent and, and pay you rent. You can do anything, anything. Which is, which is what I love. I love that you can do anything. This is your money. This is us working together. Nobody can tell us what to do as a community. We can be as successful as we want to be. This empowers you and frees you to do what you need to do to be successful.
0: So I've had people on the show that said in 1930, five people came together with $20 each, $100, and they started a credit union. That credit union has a billion dollars worth of assets today. So what could you do starting a credit union? All right, oh we only have one minute left. What would you like to leave people with? What message? Quick.
1: I, the message I would like to leave people with is if you are in Araska, uh, first of all, congratulations and keep going. Try to bring other people in because this is how we can uplift and motivate our community. If you are in Canada and interested about learning more, I encourage you to look for Dr. Caroline Hussein or look for us. We are the Banker Ladies' Council. We want to educate and empower and inspire people to create Rosca's, to build self-worth, and if this is the way we do our own self-help. Fantastic. So thank you for your time.
0: Thank you. Thank you for being on, Andrew And everybody out there, we'll see you next Thursday. Please live cooperatively and start a Rosca. Rosca. News Talk 1450 WOLAN. Where information is power.